up, everybody. You're now at your favorite stop for all things sports, politics, and culture. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncey, a production of ThatCast Network. Hey now, say now, you're tuned into the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I am your host, Devon Pouncey. We're here, as usual, in the beautiful city of Portland, Oregon. The sun's coming out. I'm beautiful. Enjo- yeah, beautiful. the sun's coming out. I'm- Emphasis on beautiful, goddamn. Yeah, I'm highly enjoying that. Um, but as usual, like I said, we are at the Living the Dream Studios here in the Pro District. And without me having to introduce him, he introduced himself by telling you how beautiful the city is right now. And I got D-Boy alongside me again today. What's going on, D-Boy? Yeah, I'm good. We deep in the week. You ready for a good show? We got a I'm lot ready. to talk about. I'm ready. We got a whole lot to talk about. We deep in the week. It's a Friday. It's early Friday evening. We're in the early evening part of the day. Um, we had, obviously, Memorial Day weekend. We know a lot goes on during that time period. And you and I both have been doing a lot of things, and we got a lot of things coming up. But before I get into some of the good things that we've been able to do as of late and some of the good things that we have coming up in the near future, you know, whenever I'm with a person and you got a good side to a situation and a bad side to a situation, and they ask you, hey, man, I got good news and I got bad news. Which one do you want to hear first? I tend to be the type of person that wants to hear the bad news first. Um, I'm just that way. I want to get the bad news out of the way (laughs) because if I'm down already, the only way to go is up. (laughs) I don't want to get the good news first and be up and then have to talk about something that'll bring me back down. So that's just kind of my personal way of seeing things. So here in this first segment of this podcast, I am going to start off with a little bit of bad news first before we get into some of the good. And that is about a good friend of mine. His name is Tui Talia. Uh, Tui was a former defensive lineman at the University of Oregon here. He played for the Oregon Ducks. Um, he was on some really good teams with the Ducks. I believe he was on the team the year that Mariota won the Heisman and they played in the national championship game. I lost, and, I think, to Ohio maybe. but they, Yeah, they yeah, yeah. They far, got far. Yeah, they, they, they went yeah. to the national championship game. And then the following year was the year, I believe, when Vernon, Vernon Adams transferred over from Eastern Washington. They went 9-4 and four that year. That was definitely not what they wanted coming off of a national championship run season. But, um, yeah, that's what they made it to. But my guy, Tui, he passed away last weekend on Memorial Weekend. Um, It's been reported that it was a car accident. And Tui and I were good friends because not only did we connect on several occasions here in the state of Oregon, he and I actually went to junior college together at Diablo Valley College out in the Bay Area. And I got a lot of good memories of Tui there as well as here in Oregon. But starting there, I remember like my very first memory of Tui. Um, he was a big guy, you know what I mean? One of those polys, really big dude. And mm-hmm. he stood out everywhere he went. And it wasn't just the fact of how big he was that he stood out. First off, you knew he was on the football team as soon as you saw him just based on his physical Bill, size. Yeah. But when we were around campus... He always walked around with one Ukulele. of those ukuleles, <laughs> one of those little small guitars. Yeah. And so at the time, I didn't even know it was called a ukulele when I first met him. But I just always was like, man, who is this big ass dude walking around with this <laughs> small ass guitar? Yeah. And so he always was around campus. He, I never seen him without it, honestly. And like I said, you knew he was a stud on the football field and he proved it 
at the junior college level. Um, By going to play for the Ducks. Yeah, really, but even real. leading up to that, at the junior college level, he's really one of the greatest JUCO football players of all time because before he went on to play for the University of Oregon, which, as you mentioned, is a very big deal, yeah, for sure. probably the most prominent football school between them and Stanford and USC here in the Pac-12 on the west side of things. But he... At JUCO, at the JUCO level, he was the number one ESPN recruit in the country wow. coming out of junior college. Yeah, the crazy. number one. So, really, he was one of the greatest JUCO players of all time to be ranked number one in the country by ESPN uh, for JUCO recruits. And so, like, like you said, he went on, he played at the University of Oregon, and we went to DVC together. My career ended up leading me here to the state of Oregon to play basketball at Pacific University. And D-Boy, as you talked about in your article last week, um, I was frequent in Eugene. I used to throw parties in Eugene. I had a couple friends that went to the University of Oregon that I went into business with, and we threw big college parties in Eugene. Obviously, we were broke college kids. You got to figure <laughs> out a way to make some money somehow. Y'all, y'all and that was that. one of the ways that I made money in college to be able to sustain. And so being in Eugene a lot, I got to go see the University of Oregon play on a plethora of occasions. And I got to party a lot in Eugene. And yeah. Tua and I got to hang out on several occasions. Uh, Taylor's. If, yeah, I definitely if you know anything about Eugene, face, yeah, Taylor's. Name Everybody, is, if you know anything about Eugene, yeah. you know Taylor's is the spot. It's the bar out there. And like I said, obviously at our functions too. So, you know, we got to connect. And it was always good being able to connect in Oregon because we both knew where we came from. Right. You know, we both knew we came from the Bay Area, a place where it can be hard to make it out of. And being a JUCO, jo- JUCO guy, excuse me, anybody that knows the junior college sc- struggle and makes it out of junior college to be able to play at the next level, that's a really big deal because you usually got to go through some things or had already went through some things in high school to where you couldn't play at the NCAA level, level right at the away. four-year level. Now you got to go through junior college. It's just it's a good test of a person's character, I think. So, yeah, man, I just, you know, had to really talk about Tui a bit here and condolences, send man. my That's condolences to his to family. Real sad ending yeah, to the story. Car accident, car accident man, on Memorial please, Weekend. Man. Yeah, it's, it's a tough one. And like I said, it was really my guy. He was a good dude. I mean, he was a killer on the field, but... He was such a kind heart off the field. He always had a big smile on his face, like I said, always walking around with the ukulele and just jamming out and just he was all about good vibes. But on that field, he did what he had to do. So rest in peace to Tui. Um, like you said, condolences to the family. Uh, I've talked to a lot of our friends that we went to junior college with, especially. And, you know, they all, you know, are are grieving in their own way. Can't believe surrounded it. Surrounded. Can't believe it. Can't believe young it. guy, man. Real yeah. young guy. And so. 25. He, yeah. A lot of people don't really believe it. And it just, you know, it brings you back to those memories of going there at junior college and how we used to hang out and kick it up there. And everybody was kind of doing their thing, trying to make it out. And he made it out on the level that most couldn't. I mean, like you said, Division One football player at the University of Oregon. And in the fashion that he did it, being the number one ESPN recruit out of JUCO. So, like I said, that was the unfortunate and the bad news that we had to get through. But now it's time to get to the good. And uh, I got a lot of stuff going on, D-Boy. So I'll start off with some of the things that I have going on. First things first, um, I'm heading to Germany in a couple weeks. I will be 
leaving on June 14th. So we will have to try to figure out what we're going to do with this podcast because I'll be out of Portland for a couple weeks. He might be live over the phone, speakerphone, my- <laughs> to the studio. He don't want to miss it. My dream is, my dream is, honestly, to some way, somehow find a studio while I'm in Germany and to be able to record live from Germany. That yeah. would be dope. Yeah, that would be I, cool. I, That would be dope. And At least try to be live. Yeah, yeah. At least yeah. try to be live. Yeah, I, I want to record from there because... It would just be dope. I could talk a bit about my experiences out there and what I'm seeing and what I'm doing, et cetera, et cetera. But it would just be dope to be able to, you know, get in this world, something I do and have a passion for, obviously, and be able to just have fun with it from another country. Why not? Um, Another continent, too, at that. But I'm going for my job, actually. I'm actually heading out there for work. Um, many of you know I work for a newspaper organization called Street Roots, and we're a part of a network called the International Network of Street Papers. And we have a vendor program because, you know, our mission is to allow the homeless folks to become vendors. They sell the paper, um, they buy the paper from us for 25 cents, and they go out and sell it for a dollar. But for starters, they have to go through an orientation to become a vendor, and they get their first 10 papers free. And after that, it's 25 cents, make a dollar off of it, keep the change, keep any tips, et cetera, et cetera. Before you but, get too deep in that, yeah. are you? is it any kind of part of you that's scared or nervous about going to Germany? Obviously, it's exciting, but... What about that other side of it? You got any kind of... It's a new experience. It's Germany. First time for you overseas, I think. Yeah, it is. It is. Talk to me. I'm not really scared or nervous about it because I know once I get there, I have a big community of people that I'll be you know, with, it's, it's, it's for a summit. So I'm going out there for a summit. So a lot of it'll be for work, like I said, but I did schedule some extra, schedule some extra days out there to be able to tour and go see the Berlin wall and go see many of these things. So, I mean, I guess the part that I would be most scared of is the times that I'm not with anybody. Um, okay, okay, and the okay. flight. I mean, it is going to be a yeah, really that, long yeah. flight. It's a long flight, man. <laughs> it's going to be. It's going to be a. Ri- I got to go from Portland to San Francisco to San Francisco to Toronto, and then from Toronto to Berlin. So Jeez. I'll be. I'll be on the move doing a lot of traveling. So why, why? Why? When you're not with people, might you be scared? You think just not know. Just because I've never. Yeah, I've never left the down. country. I'm not going to know where I'm at. I do know that when I get with the people out there, because what it is is. Like I said, we're a part of this network, and we have like 114 different publications spread across spread, spread across 40 different countries. Mm-hmm. But what they do is they do this global street paper summit every year where it's in a new city. So this year, the whole city is the publication that we have in Hanover, Germany. So I feel like when I get there, knowing that I'm already going to be with the network and a community of people that's from Germany that's hosting the actual summit, they can guide me and direct me to where to go, how to get there, all that good stuff. So I'm not really as nervous, but I, w- I guess I would say getting there is the part that I'm most yeah. nervous about. Because right. once I get to Berlin, I got to hop off the train. I mean, I got to hop off the plane and then hop on the train for a couple hours to Hanover, Germany, where the summit will be at. Hmm. And then I'm going to go back to Berlin for a few days and just hang out. Keep us posted on the live, man. You so, got to go yeah, live more I, than Yeah, I, I'll go live out there. I'll definitely show a good time. But like I said, I'll be gone for two weeks. So I don't really know how this podcast is going to operate those last couple of weeks of June. But obviously, we're here getting it in today. I'll make sure we get it in next week. And I'll try to squeeze one in the week before I head out during that same week, to be exact. 
because um, I leave on a Friday, so we just got to try to get it in before that. More big news in regards to Street Roots as well. Um, I was able to write a cover story this week for our newspaper. I interviewed Jeremy Abobasi. Um, he's a forward for the Portland Timbers. Is that how you pronounce right it? Did you ask him? Abobasi. I didn't ask him, but I already knew ahead of time. I, I did my research. I listened to I listened to some interviews on YouTube and all that good stuff to make sure yeah. I had it down packed. Talked to some few people to, that knew how to pronounce yeah, his name. I know you're not so. liking to butcher people's names. So yeah, 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 yeah. Not at all. So Jeremy Abobasi, right. and he's, the fo- he's a forward, starting forward for the Timbers. He's actually leading them in goals up to this point in this season so he's having a good year so far and he's really out there and open about using his platform for social justice issues he if you go on his twitter it says it right in his bio that uh educational and criminal justice reform are his passions so he's just out there if you look at his twitter you'd probably see in his profile picture that he plays soccer but if you get to reading his tweets Not much of it has to do with soccer. Much of it has to do with politics and social issues and things of that sort. And so tomorrow, actually, they play their first home game here in Portland. So it was good timing for me to get the interview with him. We release the paper every Friday. So today on the 31st, we're able to release the paper. Tomorrow is going to be a big day here in Portland because they're playing their first home game. I heard at you was going to be there too. Absolutely, 100%. 100%. Definitely got a press pass to go to that. Um, I'm excited, obviously, to be able to chat with him a bit, hand him some of the papers um, because he was featured in the article. But also the Timber Stadium, it got expanded. Yeah, I mean, they sell out like crazy. Like two years, three so years. yeah, they expanded the stadium. So this is going to be the first game with the stadium expansion. So I think that'll create for a good vibe and some great energy, and for more people, honestly, just to be able to attend, which I think makes it a greater event. So yeah, it's just good timing to be able to release that article. I would get more into what he talked about in the article, but I'm not because I urge you to go out and purchase it yourself, especially if you're here in the city of Portland. Um, I've been promoting it on Twitter. There's definitely going to be a lot of vendors downtown selling the newspaper because they all know that the big game is tomorrow. It'll be essentially 20,000 people at the game. So with that influx of amount of people to be here in the city, that matters a lot. The vendors know it's going to be a hot spot to be able to sell those papers with him being on the front cover. So that'll be a good deal. So make sure you get the paper, you read it. If you're out of Portland, you're in the Bay Area or elsewhere and you elsewhere and you want to read the article, you got to wait till next week. And the reason you got to wait till next week is because we got to let the vendors sell the papers first, man. Let them make their money. And, and then, then we'll put online. it online. Gotcha. That's how we do it. Because yep. we don't want to put it online too soon. And, and that no eats into the vendor's it. money. So it's no point to buy it because I can just go right on my phone and look for the article. So we let the vendors, you know, get their five or so days to be able to sell the paper. And then the following week, we start to release the articles from that issue online. And then you'll be able to see it there. Um, another announcement that I have here, I got a whole lot going on right now, is um, what else I got here? I got the cover story. I actually got some. Oh, Street Roots. We're doing a spring fun drive. <laughs> I got too much going on here, but like I said, it's all good street stuff. Roots, street Roots. Street Roots. Roots. We got a spring fun drive going on at Street Roots. <laughs> Nonprofit organization. It's a lot of street roots going on today on the podcast, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, nonprofit organization. We do these drives to be able to obviously make some money to be able to continue to thrive in the way that we've been doing. 
obviously we've been making a big difference. I come on here often. I talk about our journalism. I talk about the political aspect of things and what we've been able to do here in the city. Most recently, the Portland Street response where we were able to get a half a million dollars allotted to police not being first responders to our organization or not to our organization, but to the homeless community. And we really kind of kick-started that. We put it in the paper. Um, we created a movement surrounding it, and we were able to get a lot at that half a meal. So we do great work. Um, we do work that really matters. It matters for the community. Um, it, it humanizes everybody. So just go ahead and support our organization because I think we're really doing great things, and also because the organization is sending me to Germany in a couple weeks. So go ahead and pay for that trip too. <laughs> now, D-Boy, You've had some eventful stuff going on. Um, you went to Miami for Memorial Weekend. What's really going on? Cracking. You <laughs> went to Miami? Yeah, I got friends <laughs> in high places. Thank you. <laughs> nah, for real. Miami was cool, though. Memorial Weekend in Miami. Uh, real last minute, I got hit up on Thursday, got told to pack a bag. We was going to turn up on Friday, uh, play some of the new music and some of the music of old that I got and just be around good people. First time for me in Miami, so that was that was crazy. We had two yachts from two yachts, yeah, two yachts all day Who on Saturday, <laughs> and it was just crazy, man. You know what I mean? It was just it was a situation. Uh, if you go on my Instagram, you can see a lot of the photos, and I had a story up and a lot of other stuff. But it was just a good time, man. We had a lot of good people, good vibes, good food, good drink. Uh, Good weather. It was so like you about go from, 85 and humid, so it was it was good. So you go from being a Portland Trailblazer ambassador, and now they're yeah, in the hey, off-season. It it's funny. your off-season, too. Yeah, I felt you like going I was taking Miami. an off-season trip. You know what I mean? I felt like once we got eliminated, <laughs> hey, that was my off-season vacation to yeah. get it started and take my mind off things. Yeah, you feel yeah, me? So I mean, it's Miami. That's, that's I don't, what we I don't did. Blame you. Uh, and then in addition to that, uh, Miami trip. I just got informed today that uh, I will be opening up for YBN Corday in um, on June fourteenth at the Hawthorne Theater. One of my favorite young yeah, rappers. YBN Corday. He got a lot of flame. He actually did uh, a controversial or response record to a very popular song on J Cole's album that he dropped last year. Yeah. So. That's where I found out about him, and he started kind of stemming off buzz. And we talked there, about it here on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, did. Yeah, with Juma exactly, Black was on the podcast. Sure. We, we talked about it. So um, he doesn't really have a big radio. We just talked about it earlier today. Not a big radio single or a radio hit. He's gotten some radio coverage, but uh, if you're not familiar, go look up YBN Corday. I will be opening up for him. At the Hawthorne Theater on June 14th. I think that's a Friday. So make sure y'all tap in with me or, you know, the Hawthorne directly for tickets and come see me live. It'll be the first show that I've done since the headlining show at the Hawthorne. So yeah. it'll be a new set. Which new was a music. really good show. Right, right, right. So new set, new music, good vibes. So that's that's really my announcements. And you got another trip coming up too, right? Oh, yeah, I'm going to L.A. Too. We busy, man. You busy, That's what I'm, I'm busy, we busy. The whole first segment is about what we got going on. Yeah. I mean, we talk about everybody else. Right. We got to talk right. a little bit For about sure. what we got I mean, going on, as too. as mentioned before, now that the Blazer season is over, the postseason run is done, uh, back to album mode for me, uh -oh. finishing up Life Outside Social Media, uh -oh. which we talked about that a few times. So I just got a few little finishing polishes and touches for that. So I'm going to go finish that in L.A., uh, June 5th through the 9th, maybe stop in Vegas in between, 
put a wager in on this uh, finals and uh, you know just enjoy enjoy the summer. I, yeah. I kind of I wouldn't say hibernated, but I traveled slowly during the the winter months and got things right here. Uh, you know, been kind of getting the studio together here and making some business moves and pushing the Blazer song through the season. So now that that's over, you'll probably see me jump on a few more planes and you know what I mean, make <laughs> some guy. make some more moves. So there he is. <laughs> you're, you're, you're industry if I ever seen a person that's industry before. <laughs> Let's get but it. But I'm glad that you mentioned up about you being an album mode because we are during a segment today going to talk about some of the albums that have already been released here early in the year. But next up, we got to talk about these NBA finals. So y'all keep it locked. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncey. Keep it locked, folks, as we continue to give you a winning formula. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast. Visit ThatCast.com for more great content on ThatCast Network. It's here, man. It's here. Game one is over. Raptors got on the Golden State Warriors yesterday. Did you expect that? Kind of. I knew I, it could I only go. Surprised. I knew it could only go one of two ways because the Warriors were off for nine days. That's a very long time to be off. You're going to Toronto playing against a team that obviously has a bunch of momentum, won four straight in the Milwaukee Bucks series, and now Golden State's, like I said, they've been relaxing, they've been traveling. And I think you can actually lose a little bit of legs during that time span where Toronto had just a long enough break because they had a six-game series rather than a four-game sweep that they still were able to keep that momentum. They were playing at home. Um, they, They still... They didn't get too much time off, especially during such a high intense part of the NBA season. They got the perfect amount of time off before having to play against the Warriors where they can get their legs back, but they didn't lose some legs in the process. I know this and sounds they like came a crazy question. Thrived. It sounds like a very crazy question because they did sweep, but do you think the Warriors played great basketball in the Portland Trailblazer series? No. I wasn't impressed. I just and thought I, I just thought they showed how great they are yeah, during I, certain I, moments. Yeah, I, I don't impressed. think they played their best basketball, basketball against the Blazers. Um, I think the Blazers played like bad basketball in comparison to saying that the Warriors just played good basketball during that series. Um, to go down 14, 15, 16 points three times in a row, yeah. I believe is a direct connect to that. And so that's why I say that I'm not surprised because I watched them not play really well and get by with some very bad lapses, uh, you know, in the conference finals. And so a combination of that with, like you said, having all this time off since it was a sweep, I just I didn't expect them to just go out and flat out dominate or just think that this is shooing for another championship like some people may have thought. So yeah. I'm not surprised at all. I was actually playing in an adult league game of myself last night. As we were checking the score and hearing the score, and I wasn't by any means surprised, and I really hope Toronto keeps it up. How you doing in the adult league, man? Oh, I'm doing good. <laughs> what, I'm was, what was yesterday's statistics, <laughs> man? You, man? Eight for 12 from the field for 18 <laughs> points, two or four from the free throw line. I'm not feeling the 50% free throw statistics. Yeah, but that's I'm not right. tight. That's not you tight. You feel me? But I'm averaging a double-double. I've been out there getting 14 <laughs> rebounds. 12, 16, so... 8 for 12 I mean? from the field? From the field, efficient. That's very efficient. 67% to be exact. Th- that's very efficient. So what I would ask you is, 
Why do you think you're playing so efficient now in comparison to when you first started, obviously? Shake, shake. I, I just playing been running. Week, I've been huh? yeah, playing every week. This week was a two uh two times in a week. Usually we play once a week on Tuesdays, this or a Thursday. This time we had a Tuesday and a Thursday game. So I feel like just, you know, running the floor and then actually at the complex I live at, it's an outdoor court. We all know outdoor ain't the same as hooping indoor, but I think right. for stuff like free throws and touch and just different things, I've been utilizing that a lot more too. Just oh, so you really time. in your bag oh, right now? Bag. I've been practicing for real. You feel me? You Filming really, myself in You really shit, trying to get a scholarship oh, right now? Anything I do, I do with a bang bang. You feel me? So I mean, just seeing that. He's really trying to go overseas. The first week folks. I was really boy. I woke up the next day after playing and my whole side was hurting. Yeah strained it felt like uh just you know wear and tear on the body but we in week four now everything feeling better yeah the recovery is better and uh yeah i just been more efficient for i real. can only imagine what i'd be doing in that league yeah right you now. came the first day and almost had 30 Man, so i can only imagine i would be good I'd by be week four right it's now it's the reason why you and kevin durant status and i'm still playing you feel me because i eased my way back into the situation you wanted to do full flesh spin moves no and fade away. what it was i didn't really have a choice though i didn't really have a choice because oh, you had a choice. i played in Take this league L. before i played in this league before and so Folks already knew that I was a pretty good player. For you, it's your first time. You're able to ease your way in. Right. For me, since they already knew that I could play, they held you they to a standard. Held me to a standard the to. first, and I did. <laughs> I did. My leg didn't live up to it, but my numbers lived yeah. up to it. You feel me? They, they needed you. <laughs> my calf muscle didn't live up to so it. Maybe the first but, game yeah. take that L, ease your way I, into I mean, it. But like I, I said, you. though, I'm competitive too, so yeah, I'm not we, gonna we come out here and like not give it my all because that's how you get hurt too. So I had to get back into the swing of things. So like I said, every every game has pretty much been you know better than the last, and so. I just like having fun. I'm competitive, but it's really not a serious league. It's more for the run and to be in shape and to, you know, as you get older, you develop some habits sometimes and, <laughs> you know, free time, cordial, casual drinking and things of that nature. Yeah, so yeah. it's good to sweat it out and get right. Right, 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 right. So in addition but, to averaging double-doubles. But I think you're proving my point, though. If we take it and we circle this back to the NBA Finals, that's why I thought those nine days was too long of a break for the Golden oh, yeah. State Warriors. Oh, yeah. Because you see, you playing weekly, you're getting your legs back, mm -hmm. you're getting a good amount of time off. Mm -hmm. This week was a Tuesday, Thursday, yeah. but you, you're not, you know what I mean? You're, you're feeling, you're feeling it, it, you're it more. You, you're just in that space where, uh -huh. you know, you got to still play pretty consistently. At that high of a level, the NBA level, now the NBA Finals level, for a team to take nine days off and then have to travel, and go play on the road, play against team. another NBA Finals mm. team, mm. that's not the easiest thing to come back from. I think Sunday, the Dubs are running it up. Ooh, I, I think, think the Dubs are running it up on Sunday. I think the Dubs go down 0-2. wholeheartedly just, disagree. That's why I'm going to say that. I think they go down 0-2 just because of the story. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be – I'm already seeing panic after game one. Uh, a lot of Golden State Warriors overreacting. fans. Overreacting. Yeah, overreacting. overreacting. I'm seeing a lot of that. So I think it's going to be even magnified even more so if they go down 0-2. And like I said, I just haven't been sold with the recent gameplay. You know who killed that noise? You know who killed that noise? Who? Drake. Had Drake about? shut up after the game and not mouth and, 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 and posting pictures of Stephen Curry's hair lint and all that on Instagram? Uh, have you seen that? Yeah, I've seen, I've seen the headlines. I've seen the shit. The Warriors have a new motivation, and he goes by the name of Drake. 
Drake and being all in Draymond Green's face and being all in Steph Curry's face, and now like they're it. really in beast mode. I think it's game. a great thing, too. I actually think it's better than the Raptors going up 0-2. I'd rather yeah. it be that way, and we start to get some back and forth like from Steph and Draymond and Klay Thompson and those guys with Drake because Drake, I'm, I would imagine, is going to be at every NBA Finals game. because yeah, you see 40 flew yeah, to Toronto. Yeah, 40 flew to Toronto. I heard Mr. Fabs going to Toronto, flying out there for the next game. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so kind of the back and forth for me, is what I'd rather see. And I think Drake just made that happen yesterday by mouthing with Draymond and mouthing it's with good Steph for the Curry. Game. It's great for the game. About it too, you're soft. It's great, it's great for, the, for the, game. the game. Yeah, Drake's soft. For you to trip on somebody as soft as Drake to be you're a nuisance in the stands. <laughs> yeah, you're letting, letting you're soft too. Shine. You feel me? His team yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it a lot, but I do think that he just uh, opened so, a new can so of worms for Sunday. So would it be the Warriors down 0-1, which you got the series going in and who winning it? Let's hear your hot take. I still got the Warriors in six. I, I got Toronto in six. I still got the Warriors in six. I think the Warriors... This is what I think the Warriors will do. I got they'll Toronto win. in seven, if not six, though. They'll I think either, they'll win either a game seven. I think it's going to go. The Warriors may win two straight. The Raptors will tie it up, and then the Warriors will win two more straight. Or the Warriors will win three straight. The Raptors will have one less hoorah in game five and squeak a win out in game five. And then you got game six back in Oakland, and I think the Warriors are going to try to seal the deal because I don't care who you are. You don't want to have to go – Go put yourself into a Game 7 situation on the road. I think Durant is going to end up coming back in this series. So if Durant comes back in Game 3 or 4, that's a, especially in Oakland. I was just about Especially to ask you in that. Oakland. Wait, wait, wait. Stop there. It's nobody better on God's green earth to ask than you because you got the same injury. Does Kevin Durant coming back? First off, is he for sure coming back this series? I think no he's ma- coming back. Okay, now I just ran two winning, miles yesterday now, for my first. <laughs> now does them winning uh, the next game decipher if he comes back game three or not? Like basically, you think if the no. Warriors win, he sits more, or you no. think he got one more? And he's I don't. Back? I don't think anything deciphers whether he comes back or not. I think Kevin Durant is too valuable of a player to try and rush back. He knows that he has opportunities that so are really great that in his future. and it's more urgency to I don't bring think him back it's more urgency, ready. especially going back home. I think the Warriors are experienced mm. enough and they're seasoned enough to know that, okay, we lost two games on the road. I disagree with that. We're getting ready to come back home and play Kevin Durant State. suiting up game three. He can. Sure. I'm not saying he can't suit up. <laughs> That's I don't think what I he, think. I'm not saying he can't suit up. I'm saying he doesn't rush to suit up. No, I'm, I'm disagreeing. No, I don't think he rushes. will determine if he plays game three for sure. Under any circumstances, do I think Kevin Durant's going to rush to suit Shit. up? 2 is the Under any circumstances, <laughs> I don't think he's going to suit up. 2 on the road, it happens. The series don't start till you win a game on the road. Okay. <laughs> so Toronto's going to have to come and beat okay. Golden State in Oakland. Okay. That's going to be a zoo out there. Okay. Especially with Jurassic Park. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Toronto's fans in Jurassic Park is turnt right now. They turnt. They're turnt they right turn. now. They have somebody Six as men. big as Drake. Six men. They have somebody as big as Drake vouching for them being the best crowd in the NBA. The Warriors have been that. Oracle, Roracle Arena, not even Oracle, but Roracle it's Arena the most has to, been they that. They got the most to scream about, man. But still, regardless, obviously Toronto's got a lot to they scream about right now because they're playing about. in the NBA Finals. Yeah. So it's the only time you're really going to scream is in celebration. But Oracle Arena 
has been known, I would say, between Oracle Arena and maybe Loud City, OKC, those two stadiums have been known yeah, be as the louder stadiums as of recent. Too, so sure. Oracle is going to have something to prove, especially if Toronto goes up 0-2. But I would just say based on what Toronto did in game one and the atmosphere that was in Toronto and Drake, proclaiming Toronto to having the best fan base, Oracle Arena is going to be upside down when the Warriors return home. All right. And that's tough to play against. So for a quick recap on the hot take, he got uh, Warriors splitting it 1-1. I got Warriors going down 0-2. And uh, Kevin Durant coming back game three if it's up to me. I think Durant will be back by game four. I'll give Durant game four to come back. I think the good thing with the NBA Finals is at least – in the early part of the schedule, they're playing, they're getting two days off instead of one. So they're not playing every other day. They played yesterday, which was Thursday. They don't play Sunday. again until Sunday. And if I'm Wednesday, not mistaken, game three ain't until Wednesday. Wednesday. So that extends the time for Kevin Durant to be able to turn. So I don't think it's out of the question that he can return by game three just because of the amount of time that they get between games here in the finals. But I don't think they rush him back for game three if he's not ready to go rock and roll. So yeah, I got the I got the Warriors in six, and I definitely got them winning on Sunday. Thank you, Drake. Go Raptors. <laughs> you just mad because your Blazers got sweat in your song is hey, hey, my Blazers <laughs> six feet under. Oh wait a minute, what? 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 <laughs> You're Mr. Rip City. What is he talking story, about? No, 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 no. Wait, a I was just about to end the segment. And segment you want to do this? Uh, and you want to do this? What are we talking about next. Take wait a minute. <laughs> What are no, we're we talking about. about no, what we're talking else. about now is you <laughs> disclaiming. I'm not, I didn't disclaim. We talked about this. We made it real clear. I grew up a Laker Whatever. fan. Get out of here. I am a Blazer fan. I had the song Rip City. Don't say your Blazers, oh, man. Don't say that. Oh my gosh. Okay. It would be your Blazers if they didn't get swept. Hey, you trying to you trying to manipulate <laughs> me? It would be right your Blazers if they didn't get swept. You trying to manipulate me right now? You gonna get me fired? <laughs> Man, I'm damn near signing a contract, man. <laughs> Chill. <laughs> Next up, we're going to talk about them albums because you're in album mode and I want to talk about it. Keep it locked. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncey. <laughs> Keep it locked, folks, as we continue to give you a winning formula. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast. Visit ThatCast.com for more great content on ThatCast Network. D-Boy, it's album season right now. It is album it's season. It's album season right now. The sun's coming back out. Everybody wants to have the song of the summer. Party bangers. Everybody's partying. Right yeah, everybody's partying. You even just told us about your trip to L.A. next week because of uh, you being in album mode. So you're getting ready to go rock out out there. But it's album season. And you know what? I've been listening to some albums this year. And I love it that we're back in album mode and not single mode anymore because, you know, for a while everybody was trying to make a quick single and a hit single. But I think albums are really back in style a lot of that having to do with streaming you want to accumulate as many streams as possible why try to just do that with one single why don't you put more content out there to be able to get more numbers because people are going to click more if you have more out there right <laughs> i mean right. i think it's, it's simple numbers game. Numbers game. it's a number game numbers game but you know what i also think helped um kind of the resurgence of the album being a big deal again i think podcasts have 
because I think podcasting has created it's it's grown so much and it's become so popular. And I think it's trained the ear for folks to listen to audio storytelling again and for folks to be able to listen to podcasts and listen to audio for a longer amount of time because you can't make a podcast as short as a song. It just can't happen that way. At minimum, you'll hear a podcast last 30 or so minutes. Um, but usually they're a lot lengthier than that. Most of the podcasts that I indulge in are a Over couple an of hour, hours. Yeah. Damn hour and so, a half, damn near so I think the podcast industry has definitely trained the ear um, for folks to actually be able to take in albums more and not to be so quick to try to go from single to single and really listen to storylines and really kind of connect uh really create a timeline whether it be via the album like i said we do it here on the podcast we try to create a timeline and connect some of the things we may have discussed in the past to whatever it is that we're talking about today so that's just kind of the way the world's going and interestingly enough another thing is i just think politics have gotten people more engaged too facts, facts. with politics because not even just this presidency but the last two presidencies have probably been the most rare presidencies america has ever seen you get a black president and you get donald trump, trump. <laughs> like when have we seen a- orange one. <laughs> <laughs> halloween <laughs> That's what we got. That's exactly we got black and orange. Scary times. <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> exactly. Jeez Louise, that was a good man. one. Scary times right now. Halloween presidents. <laughs> My goodness. But yeah, I, I just think that's got people more engaged too. But um, what's some albums that's on your radar right now or that you may have listened to this year that you think is atop your list? Can I? All right, I'm gonna I'm answer that, but I'm gonna tell you a lot of what I credit albums to when I, when I say like what really sticks out to me or what I enjoy. Yeah, I like music that brings me back to specific times where I can remember just memories of what I did that weekend or why certain yeah. songs just stick with me or albums. So I'm gonna start off, and I'm not gonna say it in any particular order, but uh, I liked. Two Chains album this year. That was a Go great album. That was a I like that. Yeah. It showed me um, a different side of Chains growth. I remember when he first came out and what he was hot with, and you know, to now some of the substance he's talking about, and you know, not letting girls mess up his timeline with you. Just yeah. some of the growth in his bars. You feel me? I really enjoyed it. He can it. really, really rap. He can really rap, and the fact that he got. Like comical bars mixed with real genuine woke content mixed with slaps like the one that uh, E40 was featured on with yeah, 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 low yeah, yeah. like I'm Rare or $2 yeah, Bill. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's just, I don't know. I, I remember that album came out while I was actually in L.A., ironically speaking, and I was driving from L.A. to Las Vegas. And yeah. because of that album, not only did it get me through the drive, but I vividly remember leaving the studio at five in the morning from LA and having to drive back to Las Vegas to finish up some video shoots for this album that I'm currently working on still. So just, you know, that was a big one for me. Um, More recently speaking, YG, I feel like he don't miss. For uh, real, for real. From a single <laughs> standpoint to an album st- standpoint. That's his name of his new album, he, by the way. It's he, for real, for it's real. It's for real, for real. And <laughs> I don't think he misses when it comes to putting together a structured album. I personally lived in L.A. enough to know that it is a very, very big market 
for ratchet music. And I think yeah. YG is a ratchet music specialist. Yeah. Once again, it's a time and a place for it. Sometimes that's not the mode that I'm in, but for the summertime and for me knowing what these day parties and these clubs and no, these yachts do, I he's agree. the perfect person for that. And, I agree. And, 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 and a you can, real, real reason that I agree with that is because of this. I actually gave IG his, I mean, YG his props. I'm talking about He's been IG. on Instagram too yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Social media has been lightweight, popping today. Really more so Twitter. That's what I rock with. But anywho, um, I listened to YG's album and I liked it a lot. I thought it was really a dope album. Um, you talked about his other albums that have really been classics. But what... I did was I tweeted about YG's album and how I thought it was good timing. He released it on Memorial Day. He was such a smart guy. And I had a friend of mine that I went to college with. His name is Alex McGann. And we we banter back and forth a little bit. It's good banter, but we, we go back and forth a little bit sometimes on social media about sports, music, whatever the case may be. But he was like, man, you know, I, I didn't really connect to YG's album. And what is it that you connected to? And I told him, you know, I connected to the West Coast vibes and a lot of what he was talking about. But I also told him that when it comes to L.A. rappers, two of my favorite L.A. rappers are YG and Dom Kennedy. Really, probably my favorite two are YG and Dom Kennedy. And this girl, her name is Jordan Oster, another one of the college homies. We went to college together. She used to play ball on the women's team at Pacific. She reaches out to me and she's like, no Kendrick? And it was funny because one would think with the work that I do that, yeah, I probably would be more so in the Kendrick lane when it, be, when it comes though. to the music. I, I recognize that. But even more music. but even more than just the vibe, even more than just the vibe, I think Kendrick is probably more talented than both YG and Don Kennedy. Probably Dom my Kennedy. ass, he is more yeah, talented. Yeah, than, than YG and Dom Kennedy. I think he is more talented there. But when it comes to Kendrick's music, I don't indulge as much because I know Kendrick is going to talk about some stuff that, yes, I do need to hear, but also... It relates to a field that I work in daily. And that's the difference when you work in politics and when you, you work get in, away from it sometimes. When you, yeah, and you're surrounded by social issues as much as I am because that's what I do. And I think on a day to day, scale, it's crazy you said that. Is, because yeah, I, I, I get out of that mode when I'm away from work and I want to yeah. hear some YG shit. Right. And I think <laughs> on a bigger scale, really, that just really just shows what music is. And it's an escape from reality yeah. to, a, to an, ex, you know, an extent. And what I mean by that is like, even with. I would say gangster rap being in the forefront of music when it comes to a lot of streets talking street shit for real. That that's yeah. in the substance of rap music. A lot of people are living that life, but a lot of people aren't too. And I'm yeah. talking about from a listener's per se. But it's kind of like watching a, a scary movie or kind of like watching a street movie yeah. where it brings you in. It's entertaining. It's excitement to see gunplay and all of this kind of stuff yeah. for real. So. I think I agree with what you mean by that because I had to even understand sometimes when I've I battle with myself between not cussing in music period and then having the people closest to me be like, man, I need you to talk that shit, man, cuss. Right. And it's because all day for eight hours they gotta it's not an cuss escape. and be permission. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like when they get yeah. off work and they ready for the weekend, they ready to hear that shit. That's podcast and y- over yeah, radio. And, and YG, he he definitely does that well. Yeah, and so that's what I mean. I would I would deem him the king of ratchet music for real. And so the king of it, yeah, the king of ratchet Woo! music, 
ratchet music. You tell me somebody who do, who does it better. I mean, it's a group, but you start to think about like the Yin Yang Twins. No, no, no. I'm talking about currently today. though. Today's ratchet. Oh, nobody music. does it better than that's YG what today. I'm saying. The okay, king well, of ratchet music well, today is the king. Okay, yeah, maybe not, the I'm best. Just saying, yeah, I'm just saying I, I just, right that now king he runs word ratchet. Threw me off a little bit, but yeah, I, get, I get what you're trying right, to it's say. It's nobody I get who does it better than him. You feel me? Yeah. And just the people he get. I think he brings out the best in Kamaya. I see her do her best alongside YG. YG. Yeah. I mean, I think that just all kind of goes hand in hand with what I'm saying. So yeah. I, I typically do tend to enjoy YG albums. I wouldn't say this is a classic so much as My Crazy Life, but it can uh, be. Can you know, after, not as much as why My say, Crazy Life, I say but it's we'll up see there. after the summer what it do because yeah. I was in Miami and that thing already had uh, I mean people knew the words it already had that boat like turned that? up, you feel me? So same weekend. Yeah, same weekend and it already people already knew the words and was asking for particular songs that on that project. So that say a lot. That says and a lot. how fast music travels and spreads yeah. because I mean people were literally requesting songs off this album already the same week. Weekend. Yeah, and turning up to it, knowing the words and the breaks and the drops and all of that. So, yeah, yeah, and that's what I told her. Getting spent, Cody. Yeah, I told Jordan that. I'm like, man. On a on a on a lower scale, though, can I tell you what I didn't like so much? Because we do talk about winning formulas and what we like and everything. Can right, I tell right, you right, a, right, a right. recent album that I didn't enjoy since we in album mode? Go for it. I wasn't feeling that DJ Khaled album too much, man. I didn't get. I didn't. It didn't. It, it, didn't, just my, me? it didn't stick. I think I liked two or three songs, maybe. Stick. But what? I, I don't like the unoriginality and all of the the songs. I I understand, and like I said, they got by with one back in the day with the Wild Thoughts, you know, sounding dead on a Carlos Santana rendition, <laughs> right? Um, but. When I hear so many of these, they did an Outcast song with SZA, I think, and that didn't hit me right. Uh, it's just a lot of unoriginal music on there. And obviously with the caliper of artist that he has, I call it a big compilation for mm -hmm. real because he got everybody who's somebody on the project. But for that many prominent artists on something and for it not to stick to me, I just... It, you just got to give me more than that. Let's let's get more creative. Let's let's really make some hits out here. I think the Chris Brown song that he was on was an expected type of Chris Brown vibe. It just didn't give me nothing new. Yeah. And even with his talking and what he does in the background, it's just I think he can even evolve in that. So, uh, for me personally, I didn't I didn't really enjoy it. I thought that was probably the biggest flop so far. Yeah. Uh, of t 2019, as far as albums are concerned. Um, Obviously, it's gonna get listened to. Obviously, it's your select few, but it just under exceeded my expectation. I like the baby's album. The baby got slapped. I like the Once baby's again, album. I think it's perfect for the summer, even yeah. though it's been out for a little bit now. But I think it led up. I think with him being an, a new artist, I think he needed that build up, that time where you drop it damn near fall, spring to come into yeah. you know the summer, and now people really know that too. That was another album now is getting slapped on the yacht it didn't have the same response that yg did but uh the baby on is something for yg's sure. the king the baby's yeah. the prince no yeah now if i had to talk about my favorite album so far this year the one that i've listened to the most it's actually more of an r&b and soul album it would have to be ventura by anderson pack that dude is talented. Yeah, right, right, right. That dude is talented. Mm -hmm. And I know I was listening to uh, Tyler, I think the that's Creators. A, su a surprise pick for most listeners, even for the myself dude, as your brother. I was surprised you said that. The dude is talented. Now, granted, I'm a fan of him, but I also didn't think his last album was that great. So I think he kind of had no choice but to come back with a 
banger of an album because and he did it. Malibu was a classic. His last album, what was his last? Ah, it's, it just blanked me that fast what his last album was. One of those LA cities or beaches. But this album was Ventura. And Ventura, I think, competes with Malibu wholeheartedly. Mm. Like, like, and, and the thing that I like most about Anderson Pack, I think he can be the next Pharrell in the game. By that I mean, the music that he makes is so good. It sounds so good. It's so pleasing to the sonically ear. Sonically good. It's so sonically pleasing to the ear that I think he's going to be that guy that you'll start to see in a lot of other people's studio sessions, executive producing their music. Because sonically, his music is on a much higher level to me than most. I think he has a great ear for music. He's an actual musician. So he's a drummer, actually. I watched his Tiny Desk concert with NPR. One of the dopest, probably the dopest Tiny Desk concert that I've saw. The dude was drumming. He was the drummer and the lead singer at the same time. You don't see that often. He's amazingly talented, in my opinion. He's the next ear for music. Like I said, he's going to be executive producing a lot of work, I feel, in the future. Because sonically, he's able to put things together. He has the ear. He has the voice to be able to create music in a way that's elite and that's like no other but you know it's what you want when you hear it <laughs> like right, when you right. hear it you can't deny it it's what you want it's what you need to hear and it's right in between like i said for me you got the more conscious music and then you got like you said the rat the ratchet music and i think both can cross because i think yg can get ratchet but he can get into his politics bag a little bit too popularity but that's right in between the ba i mean uh i said the baby anderson pack to me is like right in between i get a little bit of both i get some more soul in it i get what i need to really get through and not have too much of one or too much of the other but it's it feeds the soul so i, I that's my wise, favorite album bro, of the year popularity wise i the, seen the half of the year i've so seen far. a lot of people slapping that dripper drown too by gunner too yeah I think popularity yeah, wise yeah, gunner's, that made gunner's a got a wave right now he got a wave i think he got a real you know a, a dominant fan base for real that's that's really behind him um so that's another one that I wanted to mention real quick, but gonna definitely you know ripple through with with this year with that. So your favorite album so far this year is Two Chains. <sighs> yeah, I would say so. So far, rapper yeah, go to the I league. Would say rapper go to the league. That's a good me. pick. I I would say it's Ventura by Anderson for me. That's the one I listen to the most. But I'm really digging this YG project right now. I mean, it's all I'm pretty much playing in my car right now or when I'm working out, whatever it is that I'm doing. I'm really off this For Real For Real album by YG. But next up, we're going to end it how we always do. We got the Take an L segment. So keep it locked. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncey. Keep it locked, folks, as we continue to give you a winning formula. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast. Visit ThatCast.com for more great content on ThatCast Network. D-Boy. Talk to me. I'm going to let you start it off today, man. You got anything for us for taking L's this week? Yes, sir, I do. It goes to a gentleman, a grown-ass man by the name of Wack 100. <laughs> oh, man. And in his name, that shit explain enough because he been doing a lot of whack shit lately, in my opinion. Pardon my French, but Wack 100, for those who don't know, is a... I guess you would say a music 
uh, entrepreneur. He's a manager. He's a manager for he's, he's Blueface's a, yeah, manager. He's a manager for Blueface, which Blueface is a popular artist right now. For those of you who don't know, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably do know though. But uh, he manages Blueface and a few other artists that it seems to you know that he seems to have direct connection and credibility for, and. Um, just recently, actually, as far as in the past week, he went on Mike Tyson's podcast. For those who don't know the backstory to this, <laughs> wait, 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 yep. wait, wait, wm- wait, he was a special guest wait, on Mike. Wait, 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 wait. Yes, talk to me. Talk to I- me. Yeah, I'm building this one up. Yes, indeed. No, no, it's funny because I heard Mike Tyson had a podcast. Oh, no, this is real. But but, but yeah. when I heard it yeah. and when it didn't all the way click, yeah, now you it's hear like it no again. way, no, no. Yes, he does. But yes, now does. that you're bringing it back, and you about to see what he did on his podcast. Mike Tyson with a podcast? Man. <laughs> hey, listen. Supposedly, supposedly, <laughs> supposedly, Wack 100 is uh, his girlfriend is somebody who used to fool with Pac. It was like, you know, in a known relationship with Pac back in the day. I don't remember her name off the bat or whatever. But tell me why Wack 100 was on the special guest on Mike Tyson's podcast. Right. And... <laughs> They start asking him questions about Tupac, and Wack 100 starts speaking down on Tupac, and Mike Tyson beat him up right there on the <laughs> podcast, on the film, and then asked him if he could put out the footage. <laughs> so, Wack 100 is the same person. I didn't know that. <laughs> yes, he did. This hit national headlines all week. Yes, indeed. Tyson punched Ooh. him out, so the story gets even better. Tyson wasn't having that. He posted pictures with Pac and everything. Tyson was riding for Pac, and he wasn't finna let nobody disrespect Pac on his podcast. That's what it went down to. Oh, my god! But just about a month or so ago, WAC 100 disrespected one of my OGs from the V, E40. Went on, on Instagram. Mind you, this dude about 50 years old. Went on Instagram talking about, fuck you, E40, you's a bitch. I told you this and that. Whoop-de-whoop. As most of you know, I got a song with E40. I got multiple Raised you know, experiences with E40. E40. Like, that's really my dog. So, for me to see that and that kind of really how I got exposed to WAC 100, that was already WAC to me. And then to see just a month later that he just got pieced up by Mike Tyson for going and talking bad about Tupac, it was funny. Now, the reason he took an L is not because he lost to Mike Tyson, because... We would expect him to lose to Mike Tyson. Right. But the next day, he posted his prescription pills from Kaiser Pharmacy, <laughs> trolling his ass off oh my about how gosh. at least he stood up and threw the first punch and took it like a man and that he on these pain medications <laughs> and that the uh, Mike Tyson's podcast reached oh out to him and man. asked if he can put out the footage. And he said, hell yeah, you can to show who barked first, basically. Oh. So he's just a corny individual, <laughs> in my opinion. Everything I've seen related to WAC 100 oh in the last my. few months. Gosh. has been Bunk Louie, and I think that describes wow. enough of an L in my book. So, wow. Whack 100, you took an L, and if you don't believe me, go to his Instagram. It's <laughs> Whack 100, W-A-C-K-100, oh and see some of the buffoonery that uh, led me to feel like he took an L. That's it's, buffoonery. <laughs> that's buffoonery. That's buffoonery. <laughs> and let me be first to say before I give t- my taking L's, because mine's is going to have to do with the physical altercation as well. Which is just coincidental. We're all about silencing the violence around here. I, I'm not somebody that advocates for violence. 
Am I happy that the altercations are physical from a fighting perspective more so than a shooting guns perspective? Absolutely, yes. 100%. I would prefer that 10 times out of 10. But uh, I'm all about increasing the peace and keeping silence to the violence. So I'm not here to advocate for that today. But you know what? Sometimes you get what you deserve. So the person that I got taken in <laughs> the podcast is called Hot Boxing Podcast, by the way. In case you care to see or hear a Mike Tyson podcast. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm going to listen as soon as we get off the air. Right. That's the first podcast I'm going to listen so, to. Sorry to cut in, but that is what it is, right? So there. the guy that I got to give an L to goes by the name of Cam Cold Heart. Cam Cold Heart is a rapper out of, I believe, North Carolina, South Carolina, one of the Carolinas. And he happened to be in a shopping store, shopping mall. I forget what exact store it was in, but like a clothing, probably high-end store. And we just talked about him earlier, the baby. There's a rapper out there by the name of the baby. And little baby, the baby, uh, baby. No, this is the baby. I know. <laughs> D-A-B-A-B-Y. <laughs> this is the baby. But anywho, him and Cam Cold Heart are in this shopping store. You can see the baby purchasing some clothes, purchasing an item from the store. And Cam Cold Heart has his video camera in selfie mode. And antagonizing the man. Antagonizing him and talking a gang of shit about the baby, disrespecting him, and ultimately trying to expose him on social media. So, fast forward. The baby purchases his stuff, and now it's time for Cam Cold Heart to purchase his stuff. Obviously, the baby didn't leave. So the dude recorded all this. He posted, yada, yada, yada. But the dude didn't leave. So the baby purchases his items, and he says, here you go, Cam Cold Heart. Now you go purchase your items. Cam Cold Heart gets scared to walk to the cash register to purchase his items. Tramp. So the baby approaches him, and... You briefly see that it turned into a physical altercation. Cam Cold Heart might have threw the first punch like whack 100 if that's a big deal today. He might have barked first, but I think it was because the baby got in his, bu in his bubble and he approached him essentially. And so Cam Cold Heart and the baby, they get into a fight. We don't really get to see what happens in the fight, but what we do get to see, the baby puts his camera in selfie mode, and Cam Cold Heart is on the ground, bleeding from the face, with his shorts down to his ankles, and only his draw showing. <laughs> wow, yeah, I seen that. And only his draw showing, and the Tony baby is, like yeah, underwear yeah the baby, <laughs> the baby, you know, goes into talking about how the baby's the truth, and Cam Cold Heart shouldn't have been messing with him, and all of this good stuff. But the reason why Cam is taking the L to me, because, first off, if you have a problem with somebody, please don't take it to social media. Please don't try to record and expose somebody. And do something be able about to whoop it. The person and ass. please be able to whoop their ass if you are gonna do that. Yeah, yeah. That was a if bad you're luck. gonna do that, I mean, handle he got this. Bloody with draws down, if shorts down to his ankles, whoop. just in his drawers. I mean, he 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 got he got got is what he got. Yeah. <laughs> but 
he took an L because he tried to get in cyberbully mode and he tried to bully the baby and make the baby look bad, obviously, do some clout chasing. Now that put the baby, who's a young, successful black man, trying to do his thing, who has a huge platform right now, making great music, has got a great wave, it puts him in a situation where he could potentially get in legal troubles. It was just all weak to me. When you think about it and you and you break down the layers to the situation, everything Cam Coldheart did was weak to me, including get knocked out to his draws. And in relation so, to that, you got, I think got. it's a lot of lessons to be learned in that, but one of the biggest ones, and I think we all should just be reminded of, is like be, be aware of your social media etiquette. I see from so many people, from major artists to regular people, where people are talking shit, getting caught up in deep debates, you know, cyberbullying, all yeah. of this stuff you said, and I mean, you really only end up being the one getting embarrassed your damn self yeah, 90% of the time. So it's not dope. Use social media for what it's really for and stop with all the petty drama nonsense and overreacting and bullying. And it's, I know, it's too much. And I know Cam Cold Hard and WAC 100 are now going to try to use this to be able to boost their following and boost their fan bases and boost whatever. What do they say? Um, no press is bad press. That's kind of the motto that they're living by. I wholeheartedly disagree with that. Keep your name clean. Act, act how you're supposed to. It, 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 it's Stay rules to the to game. Yourself. Stay true to yourself. It's rules to the game. It's levels to the game. I don't think that if, if you can't get put on based on your talent at whatever it is that you already do. Find another job. Find another job. Find another passion, a hobby. Do something else. But don't do that, what the both of or them are doing right get now. Better and then get better. Get better. And come yeah. correct. Don't get whooped by Mike Tyson. Don't do that. Or don't the baby. Don't get whooped by the baby. <laughs> or the baby. All right. On man. that note, we're out of here, folks. D-Boy, tell them where to find you. Find me uh, June 14th at the Hawthorne Theater opening for YB and Corday doing a whole new set of slappers. Hey. In addition to that, uh, just keep following me on Instagram, DBoyLTD with an I, not a Y. And uh, just follow me on this journey to finishing up this album and giving y'all something real clean. Absolutely. Once again, if you're here in Portland, be on the lookout. Street Roots vendors are on the loose, and they're coming for you. They want to attack your pockets. I know you got an extra dollar hanging out in there somewhere. It helps them. It's for a good cause. Go ahead and give it to them. Hundred you'll, pennies. You'll enjoy, you'll enjoy not only the cover story, the story that I wrote on Jeremy Abobasi, but we have so much other good content. We always have quality journalism in that newspaper. So you, you get a bang for your buck. You get you get double the sensation. You get to read some good content. You get to learn a lot, get some really, really good professional journalism. Some even call it the best in Portland. And you also get to put money in somebody's pockets who's trying to get a help up and a, a hand up, I should say, and not a hand out you put money in their pockets they're out being responsible and they're working selling these newspapers even under the circumstances that they already live in just be somebody out there that gives them a hand up and uh yeah go ahead and follow me pounce underscore station um or just search my name devon pouncey i'm on facebook i'm on twitter i'm on instagram mostly on twitter i think twitter's the shit i love it i enjoy it you can always interact with me there. I, I, I'm always on the lookout on that site. And uh, we're going to leave y'all the only way that we know how on that note. And that is to stay woke and, and go, go win. win.